What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Game Plan. It's NFL Week 18, and we're talking best bets against the spread. A little DFS action as well. With me to break it down, the man himself, the Silver Fox. Ronstadt Station Alessio, what's up, my man? Not much. What's going on, brother? Oh, feeling good. Week 18, man. There's a lot of craziness going on in Week 18. Uh, you know, you look at these odds and it starts to tell you, oh, some of these starting quarterbacks may not be playing. So we're going to get into some scenarios as well. That's a big part of understanding NFL Week 18. Who's got what to play for, right? So when you're in, what's going on, all of that. Um, just between you and I, John, I will, and, and everybody watching, going to have to pause this thing a couple times along the way to verify some of these scenarios. So we'll be uh, as accurate as we can, as I have most of it memorized but not all. So let's get into it, John. NFL week 18, last week of the season. Starts off with the Ravens at home taking on the Steelers. The Ravens are three and a half point underdogs in this game, meaning we are not likely to see Lamar Jackson or any of the starters in this one. As the Ravens are underdogs, the game has a 35 and a half point total. It's pretty gross. This one's on that two game DraftKings slate that's set up for Saturday that I'm excited for. And it's, it's kind of weird now. Backup quarterbacks galore. What's going on here uh, with this game? And um, how do you feel about the backup quarterback for the Ravens coming in and the backup players? And, you know, the plot, how do you deal with those situations, Sean? Typically, what you're going to want to do is, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to speak specifically on sports from a sports betting uh, standpoint. You are going to find more value on these situations, the situations with the backups, situations with teams that don't have something to play for against teams that do, because you will hear all week long on television, on the radio, on podcasts, everyone will be betting teams that need to win to get in, especially when they're playing against teams that no, don't need anything. So either a team that's already clinched or a team that is out of it, and you will often find value in betting against those teams that need to win to get in. So that's one thing that you're going to want to look at. And the reason is it should be simple because it is a market. The market's going to move in the direction uh, where the money is and the money typically is going to be coming in on those teams. So all, uh, quite often you will find the sharper money uh, that actually does move the market come in against that uh, those plays. So you're going to want to look at that. Um in week 18 week 18 can often be a very profitable week um, just by simply taking those teams that don't necessarily have something to play for encouraging i like it um so in this case obviously we have the steelers who need to win and some help to get in and the ravens have the the top seed locked up they are not playing their guys so how do you see this one going down are you still think the ravens with the backups can uh, get it done against the steelers or at plus three and a half yeah, I mean, I, I, this is not one that I uh, particularly love, uh, but I do lean towards the Baltimore side of the game. So I would take Baltimore here. Um, I don't even have a terribly good feel on the total. Uh, we did see some some uh, sharp money coming on the over earlier in the week, and then that was reversed as the sharps as that uh, as that got up to thirty seven. The sharps came in and then hit that to the under. And now we see it down at right around 36 now on the total. So if I did have a lean, it would be the under in this game. 
and I would lean uh, towards Baltimore. Just not one of the games I particularly like, yeah. but I don't mind taking the points and the under in this one. I'm not even going to deal with DFS scenarios. I have no idea who's starting for the Ravens in this game I, or the backup QB, but I don't know which wide receivers are going to play. I don't know what running back is going to be in there. It's still a little sketchy um, as, as far as that goes. And I expect backup defense to be in there. So I think you play some players from the Steelers and DFS for that, for that slate. But the more exciting game on Saturday is this Texans and Colts game. Both teams nine and seven. Both teams need a win. Both teams probably don't make the playoffs with a loss and do make the playoffs with a win, meaning this is a playoff atmosphere. The Texans are minus one. They're on the road. They're at the Colts. 47 and a half point total. This is the game to target for DFS on the Saturday slate. But um, how do you see this one going down? You, you got to pick a winner here. Yeah, well, if I have to pick a winner, um, you know what? Give me the Colts wow. to win the game. Yeah, I and I know a lot of people are going to like Houston. I think the the uh, I don't think I know that the public side of this game is Houston. Just kind of opening up the sharp app just to see just how much. I haven't looked at the handles, but I I know already that the money's coming in. Yeah, it's ninety three percent of the tickets, ninety eight percent of the money on the handles. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm going to fade it. Uh, I'm going to fade the 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 Texans in this game and uh, fade the 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 public money. I'll go with the the Colts plus money at home or plus uh, plus the points at home. And you might as well just take it on the money line as well. You can get plus 110 over at Caesars as I'm looking at the app right now. Take this one on the money line. Give me the Colts. I know the the Houston has been the darling shroud back. Um, I, I I think this one goes the Colts way, though, in the in the last week. Colts have just been a team that they've just been getting it done. I don't, I don't think if everyone anyone really knows exactly how. But uh, they'll be able to put points up on the board. 47 and a half, like you said, this is the DFS game. 47 and a half might be the best DFS game on, on the entire weekend. Yeah. And um, so I think points are going to be had. Houston will not be able to stop them. Shootout type of a game. And uh, just give me the Colts. They outlast them at home. The Colts have been finding a way to do it. And I think they find one more way here this week. I'm going against you on this. I, I actually bet this one, you know, this was, this actually did pop up on the Sharp Report as a mega. Uh, a mega sharp play a couple of, like when when the lines came out it must have been monday um but at plus one so i got the texans at plus one on DraftKings a couple days ago just based on uh, the mega sharps on sharp uh, that on the sharp report hitting that side um as it turned out to be correct because we're now two points away so so currently the line on the texans is minus one i got it at plus one a couple days ago um again thanks to the sharp report which this is how I bet at this point. So um, I feel like I'm not going up against you because you took the Colts plus one and I've got the Texans plus. Well, one. yeah, no. So that, and then the, there has been some sharp money come in on the other side. So I think they're just kind of playing, you know, the, yeah. there's been sharps on both sides here. They were kind of waiting for it to flip the plus money um, on both of those sides. And so you saw sharps initially come in. They said, we'll take the plus money. They're looking at this game as a coin flip, which it really is. So they were going to take the plus money when it got the plus money on, on the cold side, some sharps came in there and sort of offset that mega sharp play. Uh, the, that mega you, you're touching on the, the sharp report and the mega sharp plays and the, and on that report, obviously not something we have a ton of time to get into now, but man, that is one of the, it one, it's the most unique, um, thing of any, that any company has. Yeah, no one uh, has this information. No one, no one has yeah. anything like that. Hey. And um, there it is. Yeah, so, so there's the report. And it they're no longer, what happens is as the week goes on, 
especially the, you'll see this in the NFL more because it's a one, you know, you got a whole week of betting going on on these games. When other sharps come in on the game, mega sharp is basically four or more sharps at this particular book have all hit the same side with no resistance on the other side. Now we've gotten resistance. In other words, Colts money has come in from some sharp players and that's gotten off, gotten uh, taken them off of the mega sharp uh, list. But this is something you want to monitor. I mean, you if, if you do nothing else with the sharp app, you monitor the sharp report. I think you mentioned it today. We had a, we had a meeting earlier and you're like, yeah, one thing you do is you wake up and you go right to the sharp report and you're like, I'm just going to play the mega sharp. Play. I just couldn't, you know what it was for me, John? I couldn't understand how people, you know, we had a meeting today talking about sharp and, and the part of the meeting was like, people don't know what to do. In other words, people come in, we have the top props tool and the shot and the prop optimizer and all that, but new users are a little bit lost. They're not sure where to look. And I'm like, we need to just tell people what we're doing, which is like, I think what they want to follow. And one of the things I'm like, well, I wake up every day. And the first thing I do is I look at the sharp report, specifically the sharps, the sharp money plays, right? Why? Because it's up 116 units since January and, and um, of 2020, it's been consistently profitable and no one else has this kind of information. And then as a bonus, I look at the mega sharps because if a lot of sharps agree on something, like I'm already on this Wolford under, I don't know who Wolford is, college basketball. Uh, I'm on that LA chargers, uh, minus one and a half, uh, the mega sharps like as well. So, you know, and, and the sharp report, you know, I'm pretty good yeah. at, at, uh, the sports betting stuff, which is, you know, why, why I'm here, but this just makes me better because a lot of times if I disagree with something, I may, I may just pass on the game. Um, and if I agree on it, that just gives me a little bit more, maybe I want to put a little bit more than a unit on it. If it's something I agree on and I know there's five sharps uh at the book who also agree so this is even if you're consider yourself to be a sharp handicapper having that information just makes you that much stronger yeah. um as far as this game goes we'll bring it back around to texans colts uh, you know there's so much fantasy goodness to be had in this one from devin singletary on the texans who's been just uh getting a ton of carries in close games uh flip side jonathan taylor great uh on the colts you got nico collins uh, on the Texans as a premier wide receiver, Colts got Michael Pittman. So both these teams almost kind of mirror each other. I think the biggest, the, the difference maker for me is the quarterback of the Texans is better than the quarterback of the Colts. And the Texans, the Colts have a slight, slightly better running back, but I think the better quarterback is the way that you win the game. So that's, that's kind of where I think the Texans will pull this one out. I'm happy to have them plus one. And, and of course we're going to be loading up like crazy on this game for DFS purposes um, this week. All right, John, let's move on to Sunday games. Now, one cool thing that the uh, NFL did is they kind of set up these games so that like if two teams are in it and need to win it, they're both playing in the afternoon. Like their they're situations, they're avoiding situations resolving themselves uh, in advance of the game. So the first one up, we got the Falcons and the Saints. And as bizarre as this is, the 7-9 Falcons are live to win their division. Must win game for the Falcons. Must win game for the Saints. Uh, both teams, something to play for. Um, the Saints are at home here. Three-point home favorites. 42-point total. Uh, John, do you have a side on this one? This, this one, uh, I've been sort of on. I've, I've been against Atlanta quite a bit this year. I've been on the side of New Orleans. I think I'm going to have to stick with that. I, I think New Orleans at home wins this game. Um, we did see sharp money on that sharp report come in earlier on the over that that was at 41. That's what drove this up to the 42. Yeah. Uh, even 42 and a half at some books right now. So um, anticipating a little bit more scoring maybe than, uh, than 
a lot of people would think, as you see, yeah, there they are on, on the report. Um, and I, I tend to agree with that. I think there's going to be points scored in this game. And I think if they're points scored, I think that favors New Orleans. So I think if this game goes over, I think that becomes a New Orleans narrative. And I think they're able to cover the three. Um, you know, the Atlanta defense has been pretty – so both of these defenses have been uh, decent over the course of the year. It's not one of the games – you know, we typically don't target – for DFS, New Orleans and Atlanta games. No. So when they're playing each other, it's not really a big uh, a big target. But perhaps we'll get a little bit more in the way of fancy points um, in this game if the yeah. sharps are correct and it goes over forty two. But I, my lean here is on New Orleans and the over. I like it. Um, I I don't know. The three points gets me a little bit. I, I kind of I I'd rather be on the money line there and just pick a winner. Um, the minute I start having to drop some points, I get a little concerned with just the Saints. And the way the Falcons keep these games super close. Um, for DFS angles, though, it's the same old crew. Rashid Shahid and uh, Chris Olave are going to be popular plays. Um, you know, on the Falcons side, it's Bijan. And, you know, do you roll out some Drake London? They have the quarterback change over there with Heineke. It hasn't done a whole lot for the stats, but I still think he's better than uh, for the team, you know, in terms of getting a win than what Des Ritter was. So, um, not a ton of fantasy goodness to be had a, a, against the Falcons. The the main reason I'd be interested is because a lot of teams have nothing to play for, and so you got to watch out for those teams. Um, all right, and speaking of teams with nothing to play for, John, this next game, you know, the Browns have nothing to play for. They are locked into position. They've already said they're resting their starters, or I believe that is uh, the case. So... The Browns are plus seven on the road facing the Bengals. The Bengals have nothing to play for, nothing to rest for. They're just nothing to play for. Uh, let me, let me actually, I'm going to double check that, but I believe they have nothing to play for. No, so they're out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So 37 and a half point total Bengals with seven point favorites, the Browns rolling out, whoever the backup is on the, uh, on the Browns. I knew his name a minute ago. Um, and then I forgot. The man with like uh, three names. Is I cannot remember it. Uh, like it, it is just not even. It's it, like it's a name that you'll you're familiar. Like it's a backup quarterback whose name you know, but I, I can't remember who it is. I, right I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Um, as it's not well, the but... three name guy. No, it's not. I know who you're talking to, Ryan. It's not him. Um, right, 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 right. Let me, let me. You know what? I'll pull it up. Right. <laughs> it's like, uh, Kevin doesn't know every backup quarterback. Uh, no, I don't. Um, well, Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Jeff Driscoll is. Oh, starting. Driscoll's playing. Okay, I didn't yeah. even know that. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, He's so not that basically, bad, by the way. so what works. you're saying is Cle Cleveland has a shot then to have five different starting quarterbacks win a game this year. Maybe another win. They've had four. Yeah, have they? Yeah, a win out of Driscoll here, and and stay, I mean, like you know, the Bengals have looked okay. They've looked pretty good with the backup um, QB in there. I I think this is a game that I, I really think you have to pass on the game. Um, it's too difficult because you just don't know. I, I would assume Cincinnati's going to play starters, but who knows? Like, how long do they go here with this? If I knew Cincinnati was going to play all their starters, I'd probably just go ahead and, and, and I just don't um, fully. I don't anticipate there's no real reason for them to, to rest anybody. They don't have that. Yeah. Uh, they, they've got nothing else to play for. So I would lean that way. I mean, that's why the line has moved as much as it has. You're also seeing the, the total drop uh, for the reason that obviously the, uh, you know, Cleveland's not going to be playing anyone uh, or not going to be playing a lot of their key starters. Now the sharp money came in earlier in the week 
at Cincinnati minus four and a half. So they were ahead of the game as they usually are. They're ahead of the curve and knew that this line was going to move in uh, in Cincinnati's favor. I think you've just lost too much value now at minus seven. It's just too high of a line for me. I would still lean in that direction. My model also likes Cincinnati here. The the uh, Like I said, the Sharps liked Cincinnati. I think it's just a game that you're probably going to want to pass on. I think these these are a little tricky. I much rather, I like when the teams are playing, when it's a team that's uh, out of it, is playing a team that's still in it because then both teams, uh, we kind of know what to expect or if both teams are in it. Yeah. Uh, when you've got both teams out of it, it's a little bit trickier. But, you know, what this winds up, this this becomes very similar to a, a preseason game, except with some with some uh, good players playing for, uh, for Cincinnati. So, uh, perhaps the, you know, perhaps the total has come down, you know, this is a preseason type of total, although this year's totals have been preseason type of totals across the board. So when you're looking at like a 30, what do we have here? 38 and a half, and a half. Yeah, it's gross. Total. Yeah, it's pretty bad, but we might, I, I, I would actually lean towards the over on, on this one. I think Cincinnati would be able to put points up. Cleveland defense is great, but again, who's, you know, is Garrett going to be in there? This and, is, you know, that's the thing. I think that's the misinterpretation here. That's what I saw too. I was like, you don't need to be afraid of players against Cleveland when Cleveland's resting everybody with a name that you you recognize. So it's not going to be the starters out there for Cleveland. So the Bengals could style on them. And I do think, uh, I don't see any reason why you're not playing Chase for most of this game. They could be like, hey, let's see what we what we got with Eovasis and, and these other dudes. but Or like Chase Brown instead of Joe Mixon. I could see a little more of that. So I'll keep that stuff in mind. But I don't know. I don't like to get that cute. How do you deal with this in DFS? Let me let me let, let me take it a step back. How do you deal in DFS in in week eighteen with these type of situations? Like, are you guessing on these things? How, how have you traditionally treated week eighteen just for your personal game? Um, you have all these games. Like, do I want to sit here and make a prediction that Bengals are going to want to see what they have with Chase Brown and just play a lot of that and no reason to do it? Just hope. Like. Are you doing those kind of situations? Do what do you do in week eighteen? Well, one, you have to you have to realize that you're probably not smarter than the 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 masses, right? No one is, right? The, so the, you really have to do your research and try to figure out where where does everyone think this is going to be, and then you're just playing the game. Am I still here? Yeah. Did you lose me? Sorry. For a second, yeah, what was... do you got that Florida? You got that Florida internet down there. Just yeah, out. yeah, yeah. You know, I it's very weird. I'm hardwired in, and then every once in a while it it doesn't read the uh the Ethernet that then it puts me back on uh on the Wi-Fi on the on the wireless. But anyway, um you have to you basically have to make that realization that the market knows more than you. And what we do, what I do with 150 lineups is I'm trying to just now look at the market and determine if I'm gonna be uh you know, if I'm going to go over or under on that, on that figure. So you, you've got to make that call. It's not, it's not the easiest thing in week 18. It's not the easiest thing to do in week 12. It's, it's certainly not that easy yeah. in week 18. So you're really going to have to, it's a, it's a case by case situation. I'm going to have to do a lot of research going into this weekend. I know you do a million shows on this by Saturday. You're going to have a better idea or by Friday night when you do your shows, you're going to have a better idea, but still we're not going to totally know. So Neither will the market. So what that means is players are going to be undervalued. Let's say uh, the Cleveland players maybe, or some of the Cincinnati, you know, is Chase Brown going to be a guy or is he going to get the full workload? I don't know just yet, 
Um, but you're going to make that determination. Some of the Cincinnati guys may be undervalued because of that. So maybe I want to go a little heavier on those guys and just take a shot that they yeah. played the entire game. Um, so that, I think that's how you, I think you do have to make that, that call. You do have to make that stand in. And I would tend to lean towards the teams that are out of it, like a Cincinnati, maybe playing their going out to win the game, playing their players. It's the last game of the year at home. They're going to play most of their starters. You take a shot there more often than not. And perhaps you can get a little bit of leverage on the field in some of these games where people are going to shy away because of the uncertainty. Yeah, I, I think of it as teams with nothing to rest for. There's no reason you would rest your guys. There's a whole offseason of rest coming up tomorrow. So, you know, that's the Bengals here, and they're playing against the Browns team that's going to be resting anybody of significance on their team. So, yeah, the Bengals offense, interesting in this game. Um, next up, we've got the stinker of the slate. The Jets and the Patriots facing off with the Jets coming in uh, on the road as one and a half point road favorites. Total is set at 30 and a half. One of the lowest of the season. It's gross. There's nothing I want to do with this game. So for DFS purposes, both teams are playing all of their guys. No reason to rest anyone. Jets, uh, Simeon's going to be rolled out again. Brees Hall probably in line for another 12, 13 targets uh, at running back. He's an interesting play. Uh, you know, Zeke, Elliott, and, you know, the Patriots have a player or two on offense that is mildly interesting. But the 30 and a half point total really puts a damper on this one for me. Um, what about the betting side, John? I think the I think the Sharps were on the Patriots here. I can't remember. I did see yeah. something on the Sharp report. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Sharps, Sharps took the Pats at, at, minus, uh, at minus one and a half. Now... I'm just looking at this now. What uh, I'm seeing minus one and a half is the current line. Are you seeing that? Yeah, minus one and a half. Well. Yeah. So what had happened was as of like yesterday, I believe this line got up to two and a half. When the Sharps hit this at the one minus one and a half, it got up to two and a half. So this a little bit of handicapping for you guys. Um, and especially for those of you who are following. They beat the it back report. down. Yeah. Why did that line come back down? Right. So almost again, something we talked about earlier in the day, you were like, you know, I play, I, I, you know, the, the mega sharp lines, they're always moving in the in the mega sharp direction. There's a reason for that, because mega sharps are on that game. They move lines. The public, that's the big misconception is the public moves the line. Public doesn't move the line. Certain, there's like a very small percentage of sports bettors that move the line because they're sharper than the public and the sports books know it and they don't want to get caught on the wrong side. So if I see a, if I see sharps and and we know that that is accurate from Anthony, we know sharps are on the New England side of the game. It moves to two and a half. That makes total sense. But now this move back down to one and a half. I'm cautious here. So now this is almost making me feel like the Jets are a live play. This is something I will now monitor this week. If this gets down to plus one, I mean, I think you have to fire away at the Jets. That's the way you look at it because reverse line moves are, we won't get into them. It's basically when the money's on one side and the line moves the other way. They're kind of meaningless unless it's a reverse line move against sharp money. If you get a reverse line move against sharp money, which is what I'm seeing here, the fact that minus one and a half. Think of it this way. You're the sports book. The line's one and a half. You, you got the sharpest minds in the world just came in and, and took it at minus one and a half. So you go, okay, I'm going to move it to two and a half. And now you're not afraid to put this line back to minus one and a half where you think these sharp money, the sharp guys are going to hit you again. There's a reason for that. So that's why it's very significant. So I, I, that's the Jets might become uh, one of my plays. They are not as of yet, but I'm going to monitor the situation. Right. 
So definitely my lean is on the Jets and, and monitor where that line goes this week. I'll give you a, a Jets fandom perspective from the square side. It's something I said about this game. I don't know when I was talking about it, either on the phone with you or somewhere else, but anytime the Jets can screw themselves into a worse draft position when it doesn't matter, they do tend to do that. That is a Jets signature move. Um, there's a reason we have like Sam Darnold and not Trevor Lawrence or those things. That always happens with the Jets. They always will screw themselves when it doesn't matter. And this is the perfect scenario to go from 6-10 and 10 to 7-10 and 10 and drop five or six spots in the draft. Why not screw ourselves a little bit more? So this does seem like a classic spot where my beloved Jets will take the opportunity to once again fuck themselves over, as they always do. So be careful about that. Um, all right. Jaguars at the Titans. Titan, or this might be one of your special spots, John. Titans, absolutely nothing to play for. The Jaguars do need to win this game. Um, let me just double check the how badly they need to win this game number. But uh, let's sit to Jaguars. See, that's got to keep scrolling through my little spreadsheet here. What do you know about the Jaguars playoff scenario? I know they need a win. I think well, if they I lose, think... they are out. I think this is a must. Uh, I don't think they're out. Are they out? Have they not clinched? I have it up here too. I thought they had already clinched, but uh, no, they have not clinched the playoff spot. You're you are correct. Yeah, they need to. They need the win. There it is. Um, yep. Jumped on news. Trevor Lawrence is likely to play. So Trevor Lawrence likely to play. They can get in with Steelers and Broncos losses in the Colts and Texans game, not to end in time. So like there's a crazy scenario where they get in with a loss. But for the most part, if they win, they're in. So the Jaguars absolutely need to win this game. Um, again, they're five and a half point favorites against the Titans team. That does not. They're long since out of it, but they also have no reason to rest. Um, 40 point total on this one. So are you laying five and a half on a, on a Jaguar? Or is this that scenario that you were talking about where you're like, nope, I take that underdog. They don't give a shit. Uh, the, the public knows Jaguars need to win. They're betting Jaguars, which means the line is too steep. Yeah, this is one of the games I like. Uh, I like Tennessee plus the points here. I do like this game under. The Sharps like this one on the under. I do as well. Um, I, I think the scenario you're going to see here is a heavy dose of Tennessee. Tennessee likes to take the air out of the ball anyway. And I think uh, I, I said a heavy dose of Tennessee. You're going to see a heavy dose of Derrick Henry. This is Henry's last game in Tennessee as a Titan. Uh, I think two things about Rabel. One, he's going to try to, you know, not at the cost of trying to win the game, but he's going to try to reward Henry and he's going to uh, try to win this game badly. Right. So I think he wants, he would love nothing more than in a, a terrible season than to knock Jacksonville out division rival and so they will be playing this game to win and in doing so hoping to get henry in the end zone a couple of times and pound the ball with him so look for maybe the most carries of the season for derrick henry on his way out so i think because of that i think they rely on the run heavily and control the ball i think the game goes under so i like the under and i like this game to stay tight so i'll take the five and a half points I'll I'll give a little fire to your your Titans play here, which is the last time we saw Trevor Lawrence in there with the shoulder issue, he did not look good throwing the football at all. Like he just looked horrible throwing the football. Right, reaggravates the injury, is out for another game, but before he reaggravated or or got hurt, 
in his most previous game, he was playing absolutely terrible. So there's nothing, there's no evidence to imply that like, I think it's the last game of the season. The playoffs are on the line. I think if you're, if you're Trevor Lawrence, even if you're not a hundred percent, you're going to play right. Psychologically, you're going to say, I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to play right now. You're not hundred percent. We saw what he looked like. Not a hundred percent playing two weeks ago. He looked terrible. He could not throw the football. If you don't watch the games, you would not be aware of this. But you saw the ball coming out of his hand. You're like, what the fuck is going on with T-Law, right? So if he's still like that, then this could be just one of those games where the Jaguars are a mess. They need the win. Titans don't. And I don't. I think there's a an argument. And I, the, the problem is the Titans kind of suck even when they play full full strength. But man, there's almost an argument here just to bet the Titans money line take the plus 190 and actually get all that that juicy juicy goodness from the plus money. I think there is a, is a reasonable scenario that the Titans just outright win this game with Trevor Lawrence looking like shit the whole time. What do you think? Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. And you can get close to plus 200 on FanDuel. So, I think it's yeah. plus 198 right now. So, I, I like that. 2 to 1. I'll take a shot here yeah. to win this. Game. I think I think you play this out 3 times. You know, 4 times you might you know, this is 50-50 at, at worst. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, let's move on. Next up, we've got the Vikings at the Lions. And once again, we're in the haves and the have-nots. The Vikings uh, have nothing to play for, but uh, the Lions, the Lions have an outside chance at like, they. this is a weird one. They really don't have anything to play for in the sense that it's super unlikely. They could get the number two seed, which who cares, but they need to win and the Eagles and Cowboys both have to lose, which is effectively not happening. So I don't know how the team treats this, but this is effectively a doesn't matter game for the Lions, and it's a doesn't matter game for the Vikings, who are already out of it. Vikings plus three and a half here. What do you say? Yeah, it's another one. I'm going to go with the team out of it. I like the Vikings plus the three and a half. This line has moved down, was five and a half. Um, public betting Detroit. Now, the public took this at minus five, and now here we sit at plus three and a half, right? So... The public's all come pretty much the public money has all come in on one side of the game. And yet the line, so th they're giving the public an even better line to bet than where they initially bet it. Um, so that, that triggers me. I like Minnesota regardless. That just gives me more, um, more incentive here to bet the Minnesota side. This will be one of my bets this week. I like it. Um, you know, the total is a little tricky. I did like, I, I did kind of lean towards the over, um, for this game, I'll, I'll stick with it. I, I do think we get a lot of points. Um, I, I kind of like Mullins in uh, in DFS just at the at that cheap price. Yeah, I mean he's like fifty one hundred. I, I looked yeah. at it. I looked at it last night. I think there. I think he got some live. Uh, you know, he's live at that price at fifty one hundred. But I think so. I do think we get some points. But Minnesota's my play here. I like the way that line has moved. It's coincided with the way I was thinking earlier in the week. So for that reason, I'll take the Vikings plus the points. I like it. Uh, I, I like the play. I like I like the thought process as well. Um, you know, DFS angles galore here. Justin Jefferson's playing in this game. Um, yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown has been spectacular this year. And um, you know, any all of Montgomery and Gibbs and and uh even Ty Chandler, all gonna be reasonable uh DFS options on this slate. And if you think the Vikings are gonna win, yeah, those it's gonna be on the backs of of guys like Justin Jefferson and Mullins having an acceptable game. So um, I like that scenario. Again, the game total, one of the higher ones on the main slate. It's really not bad. So, uh, you know, at, at 37 and a half. So not bad at all uh, for that game total. All right. Next up, Bucks 
must-win game against the Panthers. The Bucs are on the road. They're four-and-a-half-point favorites. The total here is set at 37-and-a-half. Um, now, I'm going to guess before you even go into this one. I feel like this is a break the rule of take the underdog that doesn't matter. Spot, I don't know. But I don't know. Bucks minus four and a half against the Panthers. I feel like that's not enough. I, I think it should be minus seven, John. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, I get it with Carolina. Uh, they looked awful last week at the backup quarterback. They just stink. And yeah, they do stink. Um, I have bet. I've, I've bet Carolina quite a bit this year. I'm jumping back here again. So I know. I know. I'm. T- I'm coming back on board. Here's another one where the line move just is screaming to me, you've got to take Carolina. This The line has come down from where it opened, uh, or at least from where it was earlier in the week. Um, and yet, the significant amount of the tickets is coming in on the Tampa Bay side. Uh, if you can believe the handles, which are always a little tricky, the handles make sense to me where I'm looking, I'm seeing not that many tickets. I'm seeing like a two-to-one Tampa on the tickets. And yet a three to one money coming in on Carolina. That makes sense because that's kind of what I thought it would be. Um, you know, I, I just assumed obviously everyone's going to take Tampa. Nobody wants to bet Carolina. Now we don't have any confirmation of that on the sharp report. I'd love to see the sharps come in on Carolina as well. We haven't seen that. If that happens, then uh, I'm definitely going to be firing away, but the line has moved towards the uh, towards Carolina and the money is coming in on Carolina as opposed to the tickets. And I liked Carolina coming into this one, so I'm going to stick with the uh, Panthers. The handles do agree with you. They definitely show that the sharp money is on the Panthers side, but I'm not doing that myself. I don't know. I can't. Panthers just stink. They're so bad. Um, All right, next up, afternoon action. And once again, we get a must-win team in the smash spot of the season. The Cowboys on the road, taking on the Commanders. Uh, The Cowboys are 13-point road favorites. If the Cowboys win this game, they will win the NFC East. They will have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Not throughout the playoffs, but at least in the first round or two. Um, They will take the second seed overall. So it's a very important game for the Cowboys to win here. Flip side, the Commanders, not a good team with nothing to play for. Um, 13 points is a lot, though, John. Yeah, I got I got burned last week. You know I don't typically lay a lot of points. Nope. Uh, I'm usually taking the point. Last week I laid a lot of points, got burned on, that, uh, on, on the Buffalo game. Um, really thought that they would be able to just roll kind of look like they were going to and uh but new england hung in there stayed and that game was tight uh i like the points this week typical you know i rare that like i said rare that i'm gonna lay it don't always take it i'm taking the points i'm taking the 13 13 and a half um i'm seeing like the juice points. at the 13 no i'm taking the 13 and a half You're i'm taking, taking the 13 yeah okay so i'm gonna take the commanders uh but with that said if the commanders are the play here, typically when you get like a plus 13 and a half, you, you're looking at because you just think it's going to be so low scoring in the NFL. It'll be like, you know, maybe 30 total points where it's almost impossible for the 13 and a half not to cover. Uh, I have a hard time thinking that Washington's really going to be able to slow the Dallas offense down. So I think Washington for this to happen is going to have to put points up. So look for Washington to get the 17 to 20 points in this game. 
which puts this to an over, I think. So I think the game goes over with Washington as the cover. I mean, just logically from a DFS standpoint, how, I, I just don't know how Dak is not, I mean, I know he's the most expensive, uh, uh, he's not the most expensive, but CD Lamb is the most expensive, I believe at 9,300. Pretty tough for that combo not to go off. I think, I actually don't like Pollard in that game. Typically you, you're like, well, they go up big, they pound the ball with Pollard. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case here. I think it's going to be throwing. I think they're going to be throwing the ball. I think Washington will put some points up. Uh, I like this game to go over, and I'm taking the points. They, Pollard has been shit all year. Yeah. Like, there has not been a game. He has been he, – he has defied all odds. I, you know, it's as I, as I did my initial look at this week, he has defied all odds. If you told me – Tony Pollard, Dallas is going to have like a top three defense this year. They're going to be 11 and 11 and five going into the final week of the season. What kind of year did and Tony Pollard, one of the few players like just to be healthy, start to finish a whole season. And you told me this and you said, what kind of season would Tony Pollard have? I would have been like, man, he probably broke the thing and is in every winning. Nope. Uh, you know, averaged a ton. It's been a terrible year for Pollard. I don't know that he's even had one game where he 4X'd his salary, even once. So he's hit zero ceiling games, maybe one that came close on the entire season. I don't know what's going on. It's crazy. It's variance. I don't know. But you're right. CD Lamb, the the delivered dreams to your fantasy uh, championships if you had him. So uh, you're already thanking him for all that money one. That That's the spot, Dak, to, to Lamb. I don't really, it's hard to like a whole lot on the commander side. Um, I do believe Sam Howell is going to be back at the helm for the commanders this last week. Um, that's bad. I think Brissett would have been, I would have felt so much better about this if Brissett was the starter. I like it less with, with, with Howell, but he does find ways to get it done, but I like it less with him. Um, I'm not going to take a side on the game, uh, you know, so I'll, I'll go with you and just, yeah, commander is cool. Uh, I don't really have a true side on this one, but I do think that the Cowboys offense will be a place to go for some high-end production in DFS this week, for sure. Um, you know, and C.D. Lamb is appropriately the highest-priced uh, wide receiver on the slate this week. Um, all right, let's move on. Rams at the 49ers. The 49ers are four-point home favorites. Neither team is playing starters. So both of these teams have nothing to play for. Surprising the Rams, John, at 9-7. and seven, I kind of would think they get knocked out of it. They cannot. They are locked into the playoffs. They do not have anything to play. But they've already announced that the backup's coming. You know what the backup is for the Rams? I you probably you might not even know. Not. Uh, I feel it is like an old familiar name. You will know this guy very well. Who is it? Carson Wentz. When did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. I think I, I let me double check it. And make sure I'm not wrong because I know Carson Wentz is the backup for one of the teams starting. But yes, yeah, I is. believe. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I believe it's Carson Wentz who is going to be starting for the Rams. So you know, if they're rolling out Wentz, you could forget about uh, Puka. Will be in there. They, He's got a they record. Already, they literally just announced it five minutes ago. I just got an update. Cup is out and Kyrene is out. So fucking a right. But Puka is going to play because they want to get him the thirty yard rookie record. But then he'll come out of the game too. So mm -hmm. this is backups galore. Uh, backup for the 49ers is coming in. Uh, I believe that one is Blaine Gabbert. No. Yeah. That's, uh, that's I believe. No, you're right. I believe it's Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. No, I think he might be uh, the 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 Chiefs actually. 
Let me let me see who that is. But it oh, doesn't matter. Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's it, playing it, as oh. well. I I did see he was playing. Actually, who is the backup? Is it going to be Sam? Oh no, no, it's Darnold. It's Darnold. Dar oh yeah. If it's Darnold, actually, the, no wonder they're favored. So Darnold's a pretty good backup. So actually, I think you'll have um a better effort out of the 49ers here with Darnold at the helm. So consider that they're favored. Do you bet this? Is is it a 49er no. spot? No, I, I think you just toss to me. I, I I just toss this one away. I don't I don't like yeah. the game. The public came in on the Rams, um, but that's probably gonna change now that they start to see that uh that everybody's out. So I the public I, I probably give, John, they didn't know that at nine and seven know. the Rams had like nothing right. to play for. So they change. they the public obviously knew that the 49ers were locked in. They didn't realize the Rams weren't gonna play anyone. They came in early. No one the public never bets these games. They will not bet. Um, they will not bet the uh, Rams from yeah. this point on. So, um, and I, I kind of think it's a pass. I don't love the game for my, uh, myself either. Let's let's pass on it. That one's gross, right? And I don't think you need to fuck with that. I was talking to people about like trying to guess which running back is going to be out there for the the 49ers. You can't even trust Eli Mitchell to be out there for a whole game. They I think it's going to be also. Mason. Yeah, yeah I, think that's what I think you're just going to get Mason because they need they need Mitchell too. That's so. what I'm saying. So it, this is too much of a guessing game without an announced. Listen, if some if if a starter if they're like we're starting Mason, then all right at 4K on DraftKings I'll 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 have it in mind like that that will become an interesting play. But for now I'm I'm not touching it. Um, next up we got the Eagles at the Giants. Eagles need to win and the Cowboys to lose in and the Cowboys yeah they need to win and the Cowboys to lose to take the top seed in the NFC East. The Cowboys are wildly unlikely to lose that game as uh, against the Commanders as they're 13-point favorites, but the Eagles will not know this, so they're going to have to play this game out, uh, play to win at least for the first three quarters until they can look at the scoreboard and say, all right, we're out, and then make a decision. Do we want to keep playing Jalen Hurts deep into the fourth quarter against the Giants when you probably have some sort of a lead? Um, the Giants have no reason not to play their guys. They are 5-11. Tyrod Taylor, fucking core play last week from me. Holla at your boy, 22 points. If uh, Pretty good play until Lamar went off, but he, I loved him too. But um, Tyrod Taylor, good player, a professional NFL quarterback, and you know, really makes them more respectable. The Eagles are losing games when they should be winning them. Is this the disappointment spot? John, are you slamming Giants plus four and a half all the way to the bank? I love the Giants here. Um, knew it. Giants right in that game two weeks ago. They come back. Philadelphia, this is, I mean, how often did I talk about it on this show? They are it the Vikings. Not the team that everyone thought they were because of record. This is the problem with you guys out there watching this. You pay, everything is just results oriented. I hate to tell you this. The team that wins the Super Bowl, not always the best team. The team that wins the World Series, not always the best team. Just because teams win, right? Doesn't mean that they were the best team just because they were 10 and one. If you have any eyes, you can watch and see if you looked at the metric. There was not a metric alive that thought Philadelphia was the best team in the league. This is not the best team. Um, they are on a skid now. And it, quite frankly, it's just it's the fluke of the way it goes. It's like throwing, you know, you, you threw uh, heads 10 times in a row and then you followed it up with five tails in a row like that doesn't always happen. Probably in the most normal years, they would have mixed in some of these losses and won. They would have won the Arizona game and lost the game to Washington earlier in the year. Like that, that's the way it should have gone. Can, you I, know. can I tell you something on this topic? A, a writer, 
an outside writer submitted an article to me, a Philly guy, right? And he's like, I really want to publish this article on DFS Army. I'm like, what's this article? And I actually thought it was a better sharp article, to be honest. But he was like, it's just an article pointing out like one play. Uh, he, he, the premise of the article, and this was three or four weeks ago, he's like, the Eagles should actually be like, could easily be four and seven right now. And it's these five plays that changed the entire season. And he just named off and with, it was really nicely done with picture with, with, you know, pictures and little videos of these five plays. If they go different, the Eagles are now, you know, have a, a losing record and not even in the playoffs. And, and the way I was thinking of it was like, there's a betting angle to this. And the betting angle is the Eagles are effectively being overrated every single game. And, and I think that if you've been betting against the Eagles against the spread, most of the season, you've been winning bets. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, we've been advocating that I've, I've been yeah. betting against them almost every one of these weeks. Um, I think the only time I had them against the Dallas, I didn't like it. The model said to do it, but for just about every one of these other games, we uh, just have not liked them at all. And uh, so I'm just going to continue that. I'm going to, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take the giants, you know, to that, to that effect with that article, which is fantastic. Uh, I love the premise of it. You know, again, Aaron Rodgers. I, I bring this up all the time because no one ever remembers it. Do you remember when the the Eagles with um, oh, what's his name? They had the punt return against the Giants with like twenty seconds to go in that game, and uh, I can't think of his name. The the uh, speedster, the uh, the punt return uh, wide receiver, uh, Jackson uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, he had the I think it was two thousand nine, whatever it was, right? Wh whatever year that the uh, the the Green Bay won the Super Bowl because that punt return knocked the Giants out. And put Green Bay into the playoffs, and Green Bay won the Super Bowl that year. So that just, I, I to me, that epitomizes just how thin the margins are. Aaron Rodgers is going to go down one of the great quarterbacks of all time. Would have no Super Bowls if not for some freaky play that the Giants fucked up and couldn't stop a punt return at the end of the game. If that doesn't happen, Rodgers never wins a Super Bowl. He's probably never going to win one with the Jets here. And and all of a sudden, they're, you're talking about him in a different way, as if somehow he's he's a lesser quarterback because that play didn't happen. So that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. The average the average fan is a fan. They're not a better. They're not right. They look at game like it's the, that's it. They play that game. Whoever wins that game, that means they were the best team. Like when the Giants beat the Patriots, they no, they would have the Patriots would have beat them seven out of ten times. That was one of the three that the Giants won. Congratulations, you win the Super Bowl. Eli Manning becomes a legend, right? So. That's just the way it goes in sports. But if you're a handicapper, you don't look at the games that way. You look at them by the numbers. Anyway, with all that said, I still think Philly is being slightly overrated here. You've seen that line drop. We've seen sharp money come in on, on the Giants. They've dropped the line down um, since they bet it. I believe they came in at five and a half, six and a half, and they've got this down now to the five and a half number. The line tends to move a little bit in that range because I've talked about this with you guys before. Anything in between the three and the seven, it's easier to move because those aren't the, yeah. the key numbers of the three and the seven moving from three to three and a half, much more difficult, but we could see this one drop down even further to four, uh, four and a half easily by game time. Not that it matters that much because people who are watching the show aren't watching it in the moment that we're recording it. But yes, at this moment on uh bet MGM, it's already at four and a half and it is still five and a half available on at least on FanDuel, I, I can't. I, I got to check some other books here, but I don't. I don't want to go through too much of it. But there are books right now where it's five and a half. But I do see it at, at, on MGM at four and a half already. So it is moving in the direction of 
the Giants. So that's where the Sharps are putting their money. So get in there while you can. All right. Uh, I did I talk angles, but like a lot of players in this game are going to be super DFS relevant. I think it should be one of the better DFS games of the slate, even with the 42-point total. I like the over straight up, but also, um, you know, right back to A.J. Brown. I think Devontae Smith got banged up the other day. De definitely Dallas Goddard interested in him and Jalen Hurts, and then on the Giants' side, everybody. You know, give me give me everybody. I love them all. Slayton, uh, Wandale, everybody's good, and especially going right back to Tyrod, a.k.a. Ty guy fucking core play last Philly, week. Philly cannot stop anybody. No, they've been terrible. Uh, their secondary is, has been brutal again. I, 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 your power rankings revealed this. See, I don't even need to do all the other shit. You talk about watching games. You don't need to watch a game. You need to watch shit. The power rankings revealed this. We talked about this seven weeks ago. I'm like, what, why are, why are the Eagles power ranking ninth? And they're winning all these games. And you're like, listen, this, the underlying metrics here are not showing a top five team and they're just not. And, and this happened last year with the Vikings, which is why I call them the Vikings. I was the whole season. Like people, Vikings fans were upset. They were like, Hey, why does your fucking ranking have my team? John, you don't like the right. You're not a fan. You're fucking Brooklyn. Fuck you, John. But that's not it. These are numbers. You don't even do any. You're not, you're what, not adjusting it. What's interesting. Yeah. You know, I meant to bring up the Vikings cause that was the situation last year with the yeah, Vikings. They were, 13, exactly. they were the one seed and did not deserve it. I bet they're under win total this year. They've actually performed better statistically this year, believe it or not, even without Cousins in my power rankings. They're higher than they were last year with the worst record, but we crushed that bet. That was an easy winner on the under, yeah. I believe it was under eight and a half wins. And most people were looking at like eight and a half. This team won 13 games last year. Well, easy winner, seven wins going into the last week of the season. In fairness, they lost their quarterback. Like, you know, I get it. But my point is they've done... Their statistics have been have been uh, better than they were last year. Um, I feel like they also discovered some some uh, some talent on that team, and they 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 did a really good draft pick with Addison as well. So there there some stuff like that that worked out uh, very nicely for them, and their defense has improved quite a bit. Uh, I think. That's by the, the way, talk 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 about an over that I had. I had Cleveland over wins, and they've had a million different quarterbacks. So yeah, was able to, got better able to find that one. Yeah, turns out. Their starting quarterback, not that good. Uh, the backup, even better. Um, Bears, Packers. Bears are seven and nine. Enough to play for. Packers eight and eight. Uh, I believe they do need to win this game. Packers, yeah. uh, ha Green Bay has several paths to the, to, to the postseason, but they must win. There's actually a scenario where they could get in even with a loss, but... Um, they must win this game and they will secure a playoff spot at nine and eight. They're at home. Jordan Love played well last week, John. Look good out there. Look really good. Um, the Bears, though, have looked really strong to end the season. Justin Fields, nothing to play for. Does not matter. They're playing this game out. Balls to the wall. I, I don't see any rest for anybody they want to know what they have going on with Fields. They want to give him every shot. And, and Justin Fields wants to tell the people of Chicago, don't trade me. I'm the future. So this game is really important. The teams hate each other. There's nothing the Bears would like more than to not. I mean, there's literally nothing the Bears would like more than to knock the Packers out of the playoffs this year. That will be a win for their fan base. 
ask a Bears fan. They like they would if you say, hey, playoffs or knock the Packers out of the playoffs, half of the Bears fandom will say, knock the Packers out, good enough for me. They yeah. love that shit. Of course. But, you know, we, I talked about just how thin that line is. Think about some of these games. I mean, all right, Green Bay's 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, Chicago had that. Chicago had Cleveland. They blew four games this year. Blew that game, right? So yeah. this could be told. They're only one game separating them. I, I'm I'm convinced Chicago is the better team at this point in the season, to be honest with you. Uh, I think this is a big game for Fields. I think Fields is going to put up a lot of points. Now, this is strictly me talking. I don't have... My model doesn't like uh, one side or the other, but I personally think Chicago wins this game. Green Bay has owned the Bears, especially under the Rodgers era. That's sort of continued here um, this year, right? I believe Green Bay beat them earlier in the year. It's just they, they've had their number. I think this is their revenge. They knock Green Bay out. Like you said, they would love nothing more than to knock Green Bay out of the playoffs. I think they get the job done in Lambeau. I, take them, uh, I would take them on the money line. I think this is another one. That um, that wins these games. The and I think what winds up happening is I think Field stays in Chicago. I think they trade the first pick, and I, I mean honestly, that's the route I would go. I would go with uh, I would keep Fields. I think he's shown enough. I think if you put a good team around him, put some offensive linemen that can block. I think I think you have to take a shot. I think it's too much of a risk going with uh, going in another direction and putting the team behind another two, three years. I think you take, you take a shot with Fields. That's how I would go. And I think that's how the Bears are going to do it. And I think this win is actually going to go a long way for them in moving in that direction. I, I hope so for Bears fans. Um, the amount of the, the package of picks that you're going to get to move back from first is so spectacular. And it's so good. It can make your franchise. If they, if they, pull this off the right way. So there's an argument that says, why not reset the $40 million a year to pay your quarterback clock? There is an argument for that. I'd say the other argument is I don't need to save the 40 million when I have three picks that I just acquired in the first round in exchange for this one pick. And I already did that the year before my team is so fucking stacked. You know, Marvin Harrison jr. Is all of a sudden on the team. Um, you get another defenseman on the team. You get a a cornerback. Like their team is going to be stacked after they trade back and draft this. I am jealous of Bears fans. I think you guys have a wonderful future to look forward to. As long as Justin Fields can stay healthy, I think he's more than uh, enough to get it done. Add a good running back um, and continue to build up that defense, and this team will be uh, pretty good next year. So I like it. I like the play. I'm uh, with you and I have put in my play on bears plus three as well. Um, Seahawks. Or, or let me go back to that game for a second. Just again, DFS. I love this game for DFS. I keep forgetting about the DFS because I'm focused on the bets. There's a lot of DFS goodness in this one. This is a game we want to focus on. Uh, of course, we're playing fields. Of course, we're playing DJ Moore. and on the Packers side, got to see what's going on with Jaden Reed um, uh, in terms of his health, but he looked fantastic last week. So if he's in there, great. I'd also consider um, the tight ends from both teams. So a lot of goodness coming out of fantasy, probably not going too crazy on the running backs uh, for either team, but rather I want to stick with the passing offenses for both teams um, with a focal point, of course, of fields to DJ Moore. Um, all right, next up Seahawks on the road must win. Take it on the Cardinals. Cardinals are plus three in this one. 
Um, I'll find the, the playoff scenario here. The Seahawks must win. They need to win and have the Packers lose to the Bears. John, can we bet uh, Seahawks to make the playoffs as a bet? You can. I'm sure that I'm sure that probably this, or just this, combine, just do it, just do it as a parlay, you're saying. I would say make sure before you look before you do that, check both of them. Sometimes there's a discrepancy in the prices on that. Like they like, should be the same bet? price. Is it bettable? it's a bet? Yeah. I mean, if you want to take right. Seahawks to make the play, just check. You might get a better price on Seahawks to make the pledge. You might get a better price on taking both on it. the money line. So we're gonna you want to check Bears money line plus 135 or so. And Seahawks money line minus one forty five, which will combine to what about uh, about plus two hundred, and then um, you want to either that or look for the straight bet on Seahawks to make the playoffs, which effectively is that parlay um, all in one bet. Uh, so I, I would check those. No, I don't. I'm you know I'm not going to do it the second, but I would check those numbers. But Seahawks at the car. I think the Seahawks um, minus three at the Cardinals. Cardinals playing good to end the season, I guess. Seahawks not that good of a team. Um, how do you see this one going down? Yeah, I don't love the game. Um, you know, I've been kind of leaning on the side of these teams to kind of knock the other teams out, but I would lean a little bit more towards Seattle. It's not one of my favorite, uh, it's not one of my favorite bets. I, I think the game, maybe if, if you like anything here, I would lean a little bit on the over. It's 47 um, and a half. It is a high, yeah, total. it's a high number. Yeah, it's yeah. a high number, but, uh, like DFS would, angles, John, this is a game you're going to have pieces from. Yeah. You think it's, a, it's, a, it looks like a pretty good DFS game. Um, I'm just kind of bringing it up on my numbers. You know, it's kind of weird that it doesn't, it doesn't project well for me DFS wise. Um, when I look at my numbers, so uh, it's I'm not just, weird. I'm going to tell you why it doesn't. Cause I've been dealing with these fuckers all year. No one on Seattle has really been stackable, um, in the passing game. DK Metcalf has been overpriced all season long. The problem with the Seahawks offense is because there are three wide receivers, each getting six or seven targets a game. Literally, almost never one of them. We had a spike game this year for DK Metcalf, but it only happened once. And the rest of the year, for the most part, you're not crossing 20 fantasy points for any of these guys. So it's been rough to play Geno and even attempt to stack him with anybody. That's the problem. So you're looking at the Seahawks, and the only real piece, as much as this game has a high total, the only real piece that stands out is Kenny Walker, K-Dubs. And I'd almost wish he wasn't starting so we could get uh, Charbonnet in there for cheaper. And and on the Cardinals, the Cardinals I do like for DFS. Um, Greg Dorch, Michael Wilson, and James Conner all really interesting plays because they're cheap and they don't need to do as much um, to get there for us. So give me Greg Dorch. What is better about you know Jackson Smith and Jigba and his six targets versus Greg Dorch and his eight? It's like the same fucking thing except Dorch is cheaper, right? And Dorch, you know he's getting the targets or Michael Wilson's getting the targets because. There's no one else on the Cardinals that well, you plays. McBride. You got that? McBride. McBride's going to take up some of the targets. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I like. Con I think Connor's the best play in the entire for the entire game. So he's been trending the right direction. You could run on Seattle. I, I like. Uh, I, I like Connor. Yeah, love Connor. Yeah. yeah. So love Connor as well. I'm with. I'm with you on it. So I think. Um, I, I understand though. I I know your sheet and especially your stack sheet, and I guarantee you, it does not like Gino probably all year like that that stack no. was just overpriced relative to the potential outcomes because you can never get him with Metcalf Metcalf is just perennially overpriced and and it ruins him it ruins him for draft I don't know why they keep doing it like guys 
let's let's put him let's mark him down at 6k let's get him down to 5800 the 7k stuff you don't pay that for dk metcalf he's not getting enough targets um so you're are you laying the three here john uh only if he forced me to i don't love it but uh i would i would lean no on side. the Seattle side let's yeah. call it no side on this one we don't want to yeah. force um all right broncos at the raiders this game has no meaning for either team. Uh, but the Raiders are at home. They're two and a half point home favorites. Uh, the game has a, a horrible 38 point total. It looks kind of gross on paper. Don't um, They will play all their guys, though, John. Uh, uh, Stutham, uh starting for the Broncos. I'm trying to think. Um, Cortland Sutton was out last week. Jerry Judy didn't do much. I mean, it was pretty uh, okay start for Stutham last week. Uh, flip side. AOC peppered Devontae Adams targets last week, went nuts. Uh, Zamir White playing running back, so they had some backups in there. But it seems like the Raiders are getting all they can out of Devontae before they likely get rid of, trade him away in the offseason would be my guess um, to a, a, a contending team. But, you know, young quarterbacks galore, 38-point total. Uh, are you taking a side here? Don't love this one either. I would lean a little bit on the favorite. You can get him at two and a half minus one fifteen, so I don't mind laying a little bit of juice to get underneath the three, but uh, not my favorite game on the slate. And yeah, even the total is just not really nothing stands out at me on the total. Kind of thirty eight, I think that's right about where it should be. I, it's tough. I mean, you just don't have enough. I mean, uh, I guess they're playing a little bit better. The the um, the, uh, the the Raiders here. Um, I just don't know the mentality, like what's going on in that Denver locker room. The whole thing with Russell Wilson <clears throat> confuses me. Russell Wilson to me is just really annoying. Like if he was a teammate of mine, I'd, I'd find them super annoying. I said that when he was in Seattle, you know, the, the, you know, when he threw that interception in the Super Bowl, like you ever hear the story from Marshawn Lynch? Like he came no. off. Yeah. He comes off the field and he's like, you know, he's like the ultimate rah-rah guy, but like in an annoying way, he goes, I'll get him next time. It's like, that was the last fucking play of the game. What do you mean? You'll get him next time. Like, that's what he said coming off the field, Marshawn Lynch uh, told that story. And I'm like, he's 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 like a robot. He's like a robot program to say the right thing. And every once in a while, you want a guy to throw, you know, to throw his a, helmet and break something. They have that weird... Constantly, constantly just, just spews all these, like, cliches, and it, it pisses you off. You want your quarterback to have a little fire sometimes. Remember, remember last year before the season, he had that weird like commercial thing or something where he was just so weird in it. And I was he's, like, he's very awkward. It's just, yeah, he's, he's a weird I, guy. I think a robot, he's, he very well may be like one of the first incarnations of these AI robots that are out there. And he's so just, uh, and he hasn't been programmed well enough to, to, to win games. The shame of it is he should be able to be a game manager. Like he wasn't having a bad season. He's a perfectly acceptably good season with the Broncos. They didn't bench him out of performance issues. They benched him because they're like, there's a, there, it's just a payment thing. If he got yeah. hurt this year and, and, and this clause kicked in, give an extra like $30 million guarantee a year out. And they're like, we don't want to be hamstrung with Russell Wilson after next year. Like we, we would like this contract to end, or at least we would like the ability to get out of it if we so choose. And so we'll see what happens with Russell Wilson. He, he may, may or may not be with this team next year. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes down, but none of that matters. I did think um, Studham played pretty well. Stidham, I know he's Stidham, but I call him Studham because he's a stud. Yeah, you, 
you, you do that. all that you do that shit and then i wind up calling these guys those names and and i sound like you think i i'm you know how many times people keep people keep writing in on the comments that beat hard is actually pronounced beethard like i know but what's a more awesome name beethard or beat hard you know what i'm saying like if i was a quarterback my last name is beethard and you introduced me i'd want you to call me beat hard beat hard like me call hard man it's a lot better than Hardman. Hard man. That makes no sense. one ever called me a hard man. I want somebody to be like, that, that fucking dude's hard, yo. No, it's always like, that guy, he's kind of funny. Or that guy, he's a bit of a dork. Like, no one ever calls me a hard man. No, we've, listen, we, we all, we all have to take what we've been given and try to use it to its maximum in order to survive. And that's, that was your, you know, that was your thing. Like you weren't going to go out there and kick the shit out of people, but you were going to charm them with your personality and, uh, and humor. That's, that's all I have. That's it, man. I also had a lot of, you know, in fairness, I, I, I was friends with a lot of big, tough dudes. Well, that helps as well. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I never really had to. I was like, big earn, get in there. <laughs> yeah. But so you'll be, you'll always be, uh, charming and funny, but like good looks, that just fades. So it went away. So you, so you got the, so you got the, uh, you got the better end of the stick, man. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, all right. Anywho, we got another game here where at first look, you're like, what the fuck? And I can't wait for the, the, the John take on this one because both teams. Uh, all right. I'm going to give you my argument for this game, but it's the chiefs at the chargers, right? Chiefs plus three and a half chargers minus three and a half, the 35 point total. The big news is the chiefs have already announced. No one's playing. We're resting everybody. Um, uh, Blaine Gabbert going to start at QB, I believe, uh, for the Chiefs. The Chargers also have nobody playing because they're rolling out Easton Sticks. So, like, all right, backups galore. Um, but the Chargers are three-and-a-half-point home favorites here. And um, we saw before that the super sharp, crazy um, mega sharps did grab Chargers at minus one-and-a-half, and now they're minus three-and-a-half. So the, the mega sharps have already moved the line. This was this morning, just from this morning until now. So, John, um, are you joining the mega sharps? Are you on the charger side of this one, uh, laying points, saying, hey, the 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 Chiefs rolling out some backups? Hell no. But also the Chargers are rolling out. It's not like the Chargers are putting in Justin Herbert here. They're rolling out the backups also. So how do you treat this game? from a betting angle and also, uh, you know, and just in general. Yeah. We, you showed it before, like you said, the mega sharps minus one and a half, but now you've lost, that's it. Like at three and a half, I, I just don't think it's really playable. You're not taking the chiefs. I mean, just get that out of your head. Don't bet the chiefs here. If you like the chargers, by all means, you want to jump in. You don't, you, you think there's still enough value at three and a half. Take it. I think the unders the play. I don't think either one of these teams score. Um, I, I think that's going to be, yeah, they haven't been scoring when their starters were in. I know. So I think that's what we're looking at here. I think I think we'll see this game go to the under. Um, I think to me that's a better play right now. And um, you know, if you have to take a side, I would lean on the Chargers, but three and a half, they kind of to me they suck a lot of the, it's like a yeah, it's a preseason game line here. It's like three and a half. Uh usually the preseason game lines are like one and a half to two and a half. So, you know, up at the three and a half with such a low total in a game that's gonna be low scoring tough to really cover that three and a half, but I like the, uh, I like the under. And by the way, Blaine Gabbert, 
He's been around a while. He's a professional National Football League backup quarterback. I mean, for whatever that's worth. Probably not worth a lot, but for whatever it's worth. No DFS interest here whatsoever. Um, John, the last game of the slate. The NFL saved the best for last. The Bills are on the road, taking on the Dolphins. Dolphins are plus three. This is a must-win game for both teams. Um, let me just get the playoff scenario here. So the winner will win the AF AFC East and will get the number two seed. If the Dolphins lose, they'll fall to number six. If the Bills lose, they may not make the playoffs at all. As a matter of fact, this is the big thing. Um, I don't know what the actual scenario is where they don't make the playoffs. Uh, it is too complicated to spell it out. And it is also very possible that by the time this game is being played out, they'll already, they will know one way or the other. They'll know like, all right, even if we lose. So going into it, we don't know at this moment, but the Bills will know if they need to win to even be in the playoffs. How nuts is that, that the Bills could miss the playoffs? That is just bananas. But yet that's the case. Um, I think there's a Sharps. I think the sharp. I feel like the Sharps are on the Bills here. But John, um, what did I, did I, do we know anything? Of a, is there a sharp side of this game as of yet? No, I believe the Buffalo took some sharp money earlier in the week, and then that got offset. So Buffalo minus two and a half when it got to three, some Miami sharp money came in. So it's kind of a mixed bag on uh, on the sharps right now with this game. I I've got a little bit of uh, conflict on this one because I do have exposure back in, uh, believe it was week twelve. Uh, whenever, when, right at the bottom of the market, I wound up with um, with Bills to make the playoffs as a bet at plus five hundred. Uh, Bills AFC Championship plus twenty five hundred, and Bills to win the Super Bowl plus fifty five hundred. And um, I had a Bills over eight and a half wins, which which has hit. So, uh, so I'm pretty heavily invested in the Bills right now. Uh, so, for me, it's going to be difficult to maybe make a bet on this game. But my model does like Miami, so I'm hoping the model's wrong because I'll make a lot more money here if I could, if I could get Buffalo moving uh, moving in the right direction. So I might take Miami just as a hedge bet in my case. We'll see because my model does like it. Uh, so there's going to be a little bit of value on Miami. I think most of the public though will be on Buffalo just because uh, you've got injuries now on the Miami side of the, uh, of the ball. You've got uh, Buffalo playing a lot better again last week, kind of. A little bit tighter of a game than you would have hoped for, but now my Buffalo is kind of on a roll. This is the team that nobody wants to play. There's nobody in the playoffs. Uh, name the team outside of Baltimore that you're afraid of if you're an AFC opponent right now. You'll play any of these teams, and Buffalo's probably the team that, to a a man, uh, everyone would answer. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if we uh, if we could avoid Buffalo. Yeah. So this is uh, it's an odd situation. They could miss the playoffs, or they could be the team to beat. Um, so for me, I've got enough riding on this game. Maybe take a little bit of a hedge with Miami. And just to let all you viewers know, Miami does qualify on my model. So that would be the play if I had nothing else going on. Yeah, I, I, I'm leaning Miami. I, I, I do, I do kind of want to wait to see on the sharp report if, if a sharp side emerges, um, even at this three-point level. I think you got to take the points, John. I, I don't think this game is is 
outside of the three-point margin. I think it's tied. I think it's close at the end. I think one team has the football, and they're kicking a field goal, and they're hoping it goes in. That kind of thing. Towards the end of the game, it's close. Uh, the Dolphins with just one wide receiver, uh, you know, Waddle got knocked out. I don't know if he'll be back for this. He could be back, but I don't know if he's going to be back um, for this week. And um, not that that matters that much. They're going to, fo- they're going to focus. They're going to, the Dolphins will score. It's a question of if the, if the bills can hang with them in Miami on the road. And, and we've seen the bills be able to do that at times this year. They'll have to get their shit together, but I'm taking the three points. On Miami, I think Miami scores easier than the only reason I think this game the Bills are favored is because of the fact that people think of how like Dolphins should be minus three here, John. This is what they should be minus three. It's the the line is wrong to me. Why the Dolphins should be favored at home against the Bills? The only reason they're not is because the Bills might be out of the playoffs if they lose. So the, the thought is higher motivation, but I don't know that like more motivation, everybody's motivated to win a football game. Like I don't, it doesn't matter. I, I don't think that makes a difference. So I think this is uh fandom talking. I am on the dolphins side of here. I'll take the plus three at home because it shouldn't be, it should be pick them at worst. There's no way this line should be plus three. John, why is it plus three? What the fuck is going on for real? Like there's no way this line should be plus three. Unless they're trying to suck us into the Dolphins. I think they are trying. Well, I, I think they are in a way. I, I, I just think the injuries right now and the state of Miami coming off that loss that they're coming off uh, and Buffalo as strong as they are. I, yeah, I, I think they are kind of. It does kind of look like they're sucking you in on a Miami bet, but I don't think it's it's sucking too many people in. I think people still like Buffalo. I think that's where the public Some, likes. Something not sitting right here. I'm just going with Miami. I'm taking the three. They're the better team. Uh, they're at home. They can score faster than than the Bills can. And the Bills defense doesn't scare me. As a matter of fact, I think the, the Miami defense is probably better than the Bills defense right now. So for this one, I don't know. I, I'm I'm on the Miami side. Take Miami. Going with it. Rolling with it. And of course, that game actually, FanDuel put it on the main slate. Oh, did they? I didn't realize. Yeah, they yeah. FanDuel included it. So if, if we're playing on FanDuel this week, you're loading up on players from this game. This is the best game of the entire slate of the four day, uh, you know, of the weekend for DFS purposes, for scoring, for offense. Uh, Devon HN, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Tyreek Hill, fuck yeah. Love that. Bill's side a little bit harder to figure out, but I think it's a Gabriel Davis spot on the Bills. Um, wouldn't be afraid of some James Cook either. Uh, uh, Allen, so this is the game I want to be loading up on. The one guy who I'm not really excited to pay up for is Stefan Diggs because fuck that guy. How about that excuse? Well, I, I, I watched this fantasy football analyst yeah. and he was like, he don't want to play Stefan Diggs because, quote, fuck that guy. That's the unquote. You only and get that wife, kind of analysis here. This is where you got to come. And your wife just happened to walk over to the computers. You're watching this breakdown and you, know, and you told her, I'm watching these sharp guys break down football and she looks up and he cause fuck that guy. And she looks at you and she goes, really? That's what you're listening to right now. Sorry, but that's what it is. Fuck Stefan Diggs. I don't know what the hell's going on with him, but he hasn't had a big game in like nine weeks. And it, 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 it it's not even close. Like, it's not like there have been some close plays. He's off the field in important spots. I don't know what's going on with him. I'm not in the locker room in, in Buffalo, but 
I am quite tired. You know, that's a uh, Stefan Diggs and that showdown will be like 60% owned. And at some point you just say, you know what? Maybe I should just fade that 60% ownership and just do something else. Do something else. All right. We will be, we will be doing something else soon. Yeah. Football's yeah. almost over. No, we got playoffs. I, I love the playoff slates. A lot of good times. Um, all right. Let's wrap it up there, John. Another good week of bets. I put a lot of bets here while we were doing this. I put a bunch of bets here in the Sharp app to track along with uh, actually putting these on the sports book. So let's see how it goes. You've been crushing it. Even though we missed last week because of scheduling issues, you've been crushing it the last few weeks, um, especially betting a lot of these dogs. So let's keep that going for week 18. Good luck, everybody. Let's, uh, let's cash some bets.